Congress, whistleblower says he was prevented from following certain leads in the Hunter Biden probe that could have led investigators to the current president. Political analyst Bruce Tannis also points out on today's show other cases with the same charges that this prosecutor and judge sent to prison. And it's a huge week for the Supreme Court and more so the American people. Former federal prosecutor, attorney Sidney Powell, will discuss these historical rulings handed down by the court and election integrity and what's behind the hunt for Donald Trump. And a State Department report released Friday faults the agency's crisis management and awareness before and during the fall of Afghanistan. The Biden administration failed to foresee Afghanistan mayhem, the report says. General Paul Vallelay talks about Afghanistan and the recent uprising in Russia. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine. Viewpoint this Sunday. This is Malcolm Out Loud here, and happy Independence Day to all my fellow Americans. Wow, 247 years, just days away from that. What a what a landmark uh, moment for the nation, and uh, more than that, our all our eyes should be on the prize of a 250 years. This semi-quincentennial uh, is coming up pretty quick now. Three years away, and there's a lot of work to do in America here. Welcome to the broadcast, and we're going to get started here. I want to touch on the first story is uh, uh, wanted to clear some some big points, I think, on this uh, uh, Hunter Biden, uh, the whistleblower, the IRS whistleblower and the charges that were sentenced and really understand how corrupt this is before we jump into all of these major cases for the Supreme Court and all the other big stories today we'll be covering, friends. Now, let's do that right now with Bruce Tannis, who joins me. Bruce has a background in economics, finance, political science, and a career that spanned more than 40 years on uh, on Wall Street. And uh, uh, perfect, Bruce, to have you here in the IRS whistleblower. I want to talk about this uh, Gary Shapley. Uh, he is he said some interesting things. Now, this there's a couple of whistleblowers here. Let me be clear with everybody. One has identified himself, which is a little unusual for these cats, because usually they want to stay quiet and under the radar with their personal lives, their names, you know, incognito. And uh, one of them is still uh, protecting his identity. But this one has said, you know what, I'm putting it all out there. And this is a, uh, a veteran. He spent more than 14 years with the agency, if you will. And uh, he says that he was prevented from investigative steps in the Hunter Biden probe. And the fact the full team was, he says, uh, and said, of course, a lot of these uh, IRS agents are being silenced and what have you. Um, and uh, he says that certain leads could not be led, that could not be followed. They were cut right off at the knees, uh, Bruce, basically. Anything that would lead to the current president, they were told absolutely can't go there. So they were stifled, you know, all the way around. And uh, and then, of course, he struck the deal with the prosecutor, David Weiss. So what do you make of 
first of all, this case where the whistleblowers are coming out and they're saying what they're saying, uh, this is significant, actually. What do you make of it? Well, it looks like they blocked the IRS from uh, from investigation. Um, uh, number one. Uh, uh, number two, there's a there's a certain amount of selective sentencing discrimination going on because they sentenced uh, or they they charged rather charging discrimination. They charged Hunter with some uh, you know minor offenses like falsely filling out a federal form and um, and some you know, minor uh, tax uh, uh, evasion. It's not even tax evasion. It's like uh, tax avoidance, right? They, well, actually, what it is, he, he pleaded guilty to two misdemeanor counts on uh, tax evasion. That's exactly, right. that's what it is. Yeah. And, to, and, res, and, and, and resolve the federal firearm offense. We'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a slap on the wrist for him, right? Uh, he doesn't get any jail time or anything else. Meanwhile, that same prosecutor, that same uh, that same federal uh, U.S. attorney. You're speaking uh, Weiss, of David David Weiss, uh, the prosecutor. David Weiss. Yeah, out of and that same judge, whose name is Norieka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Judge Norieka and Weiss have convicted numerous uh, uh, people of uh, mandatory sentence for listen to this mm -hmm. um, drugs in proximity to a firearm. Now we saw videotape of Hunter brandishing a firearm and smoking crack. OK, so they have video evidence of Hunter Biden committing the offense of drugs and possession of a handgun. They didn't charge him with that. They didn't charge him with that. Now, that's a five year mandatory sentence. Yeah. And there are people in Delaware prison right now for the same offense by the same judge and the same U.S. attorney. See, see this is the thing. This, listen, this is the thing. You either charge everybody equally or you don't charge them at all. But at least keep it fair, Bruce. You, you don't have there's any no, there's no There's no equal protection under the right. law in right. this case. Right. Okay. E and equal equal application. I mean, listen, if you're going to if you're going to let Hunter go, let the others out of prison and free up. And let's, that's all I'm saying. Keep it. Keep it real. Keep it real. Right. 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 Well, they have a different playing field. Um, now, the second point that I want to bring up is that that all this hoopla and all this top headline stuff right. is really just a cover-up for what's really going on with his investments through uh, Ukraine and China, because there's a significant money laundering thing going on through Burisma. He was being paid through Burisma. He he, he, he shifted the money over to a Chinese investment company, Rosemont Seneca, where he was partners with John Kerry's uh, God, uh, um, stepson right. and, uh, and Devin Archer. Okay, Devin Archer uh, is, uh, just, just spoke to, um, uh, he was just deposed last week. Okay. So some things are going to start bubbling up. This, this case is not over. Uh, they laundered the money through, uh, through, mm -hmm. uh, the Chinese company, and then they lent it back to Hunter and he didn't pay taxes on it. Right. Now you're right. not allowed to borrow your own money and not pay taxes. Well, you know, the thing is, you just mentioned something when you just mentioned the, the foreign investments and what have you. A lot of these kinds of stories, when we talk about them, Bruce, end up, you're right. The part that's being covered is the distraction part of it, not the real crime itself. Like right now, people are talking about paying taxes. That's not even my concern. My concern is our national security and what he's doing with these foreign adversaries and that the uh, vice president and president now is compromised. That's the story.
Well, it goes it goes even deeper than that because Burisma and Metabayata were co-investors in development, along with the U.S. Department of Defense, on a bio on bioweapons labs in Ukraine, creating uh, creating bioweapon diseases, uh, including probably the predecessor of COVID. Yeah, what do you make of these? I've heard multiple uh, uh, talks about what you're speaking about now. These allegations. How talk about this more? How serious is this? This is pretty eye opening. These bio weapons lab tech companies that are littered throughout Ukraine and actually all over the world. Well, we had the U.S. Ukrainian ambassador deny they existed, and then evidence came out that they did exist. So then she had to reverse her course and say that they did exist, but they weren't dangerous. But we don't want them to get into the hands of the Russians because they're dangerous. Right. right. What about the fact, did did Russia, back to this whole conflict here, uh, did Russia head some of this off, in your opinion, these labs and what's going on in Ukraine? How did that factor in? I think that and NATO encroachment were the two reasons why they, they entered Ukraine. Yeah, no, I, one's I talk, we, no one's talking about that, what you just said. That's significant. I think they wanted to snuff out and get into these uh, bioweapons labs. After all, the Russians knew where some of them were because some of them were former Soviet labs that had been decommissioned. And the U.S. Department of Defense was supposed to take them out completely. And instead, what they did was they refurbished them and rebuilt them. Yeah, yeah. yeah along with Hunter Biden and his companies. The United States government has their hands, taxpayer money has their hands in all of these labs about everywhere. We are, it's like, I don't even know what we're doing with these kinds of uh, experiments. They say it's supposed to be for the good, but as we see with SARS-CoV-2, it's not the good, is it? <laughs> well, there's evidence that when, when Barack Obama was in office, he uh, that it got too hot to do this research, this uh, bioweapons research in America. So he outsourced it during his administration to places like Ukraine, Nigeria, Nicaragua, etc. You know, I've heard that. Thank you for saying that. Now, think about that a minute, Bruce. Now, what could possibly go wrong with that, huh? Well, yeah. And we're now we're shipping these dangerous uh, pathogens for quote-unquote research and development, gain-of-function research that we are paying for, our taxpayer money is paying for offshore where it can't be monitored. You know who knows? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to take too big of a leap, but perhaps COVID was developed in Ukraine and taken to the lab for further development in China, Wuhan, which was also financed by the NIH. Okay. And uh, maybe that uh, disease, oops, it leaked, yeah. and and then we had a worldwide um, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and, and and people are thinking now that this is not going to be uh, the next one. Won't be a hundred years from now the way we're headed right now, Bruce. Huh? You agree with that? Well, look, look how well this quote unquote pandemic worked to help uh, power sources, t- yeah. tyrants consolidate power around the world. Hundred yeah. percent. I don't think that's a that's a that's a uh, coincidence. No, it's not. And and it also another thing is it also helped consolidate big business here at home because it's small business that, that got obliterated and the big ones got fat and happy. And those that's that's what corporatism and you know corporate fascism is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is interesting. These labs and what's going on around the world. It's a scary, scary thought. Uh, it really scares the hell out of me with what could happen with these um, kind of uh, bioweapons uh, moving forward. I'll tell you, it freaks me out. And I talk to people all the time on this. And 
Uh, but I like the context you just put on with Barack Obama and outsourcing that with other countries. I want listeners to understand what has transpired here. Because frankly, Bruce, if we were going to pay for these things and invest in them and understand, let's do it in the light of day. Let's have these here at home somewhere in secluded areas and, and that are highly uh, m- monitored and understand what the ramifications are, don't you think? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, you know, there's a big timeline showing U.S. Department of Defense involvement in this offshoring as well. Big time, big so, time, big time. So, so you know, um, and if you follow the, the, the tagline Metabiota, a private commercial organization uh, studying pandemic risks, started in 2014. Okay. 2014. Yeah, yeah. So, well, a lot of these dates go back years. You're exactly right to point that out uh, because it's been building for years. And well, it's just like a lot of these cats came out and talked about a pandemic being a pandemic before there even was a pandemic, Bruce. Well, Hunter Biden and his and his cronies were investing in pre-pandemic preparation years before this pandemic was released. And they were investing in things like SARS-CoV-2. Uh, Okay. So you you think you think there's a lot of uh, a lot of these people seeing opportunities ahead with some of this uh, uh, these nefarious uh, points here, huh? They got ahead of it. It's like insider trading with diseases. Yeah. Well, look at what Bill Gates and and, and Anthony Fauci's done. They got ahead that. of the trade. They yeah. got ahead of the wave. Yeah. Yeah. All right. They so we're in the right place to provide the solution once the problem was released. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make a full circle back to uh, to really close this now with uh, in our last couple of moments here with uh, regarding the Biden uh, piece here. Uh, this Weiss, David Weiss, the uh, the attorney for the District of Delaware, the prosecutor. Uh, this is his quote, Bruce. He says, uh, and back to the charge and the prior charges that I want listeners to understand that other people that are incarcerated right now and others are being held for these same charges. He says, and I quote, our community continues to face daily the lethal consequences of a gun epidemic and a drug epidemic. Individuals like the defendant who make the choice to possess guns while engaged in a drug deal and activity put their own lives at risk as well as the lives of innocent bystanders. Our office right. is committed to ensuring that individuals who choose to engage in such dangerous and legal behavior face the consequences that they deserve. That's close quote. And I'll add to the quote, unless your name is Biden. Well, we have a criminal walking around. We need to lock them up. Yeah. It's it, they've they've had selective uh, uh, charging, selective prosecution, selective uh, sentencing. In is probably uh, the, the person that's going to be the, the, the key point in this is going to be Judge Noriega, because she seems to be the only one to make a decision here because the prosecutor seems to have his hands handcuffed or he's playing along for a better uh, opportunity. Down are, you, are you saying that the, the, the district judge, Mary Ellen Noriega, you think she could um, uh, d- expose some of this, you mean? Well, she has the power to um, to reject the plea deal. Yeah. Okay. She has the power to reject the plea deal. She can't change the the charges. Right. Right. Okay. Somebody else has to add the additional charges. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of charges they could charge him with. They could charge him with the five year mandatory sentence yeah. of you know being in possession of uh, narcotics with a handgun. So, so I, I've heard reports. Some people are speculating that she may do that. You think she might? She might do that? Well, she won't. I don't think she can. She can't change the charges. The prosecutor has to do that, right? The U.S. attorney has to do that. 
Garland's been been uh, roadblocking uh, all investigation. They even blocked access to a uh, storage unit. They tipped off the uh, defense's uh, uh, attorneys that uh, there was a search warrant being prepared to to search uh, Hunter Biden's storage unit. Yeah, and Garland continues to come out, Merrick Garland, uh, and say the attorney general uh, with a straight face at the camera with two eyes open. I have nothing to do with this, my fellow Americans. Uh, everything is on the up and up here. And, you know, that's why the Speaker of the House, McCarthy, came out just to hear this past week and said, well, we're, we're, things are looking pretty hot in the in the kitchen there for him. And if we uncover any more of this, we will be impeaching the attorney general. What do you think of that? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, Gary Shapley had, now has email evidence and six witnesses in the wings yeah. ready to show that uh, Garland uh, is lying. There you go. There you go. There's a whole lot more to the case is what you're suggesting right there. And uh, you, you put it right out there. Um, Bruce Tannis, uh, thank you for kicking us off here. Friends, we'll take a quick pause. We'll join you just on the other side here. You're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday. We are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talkatamericaoutloud.com. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Mel out here, and uh, what a week for we the people, man, I have to tell you. And um, it was, you know, you know what my first thought was? <laughs> it was like, you know, wow, somebody found the Constitution. <laughs> what the hell happened there, man? I don't know. But the Supreme Court surely has some significant rulings. We knew they were coming, and boy, did they hit. And uh, let's just say that the Marxists left, uh, they are, uh, well, I think what they're doing is they're upset that they didn't pack the court already, probably, you see, because they would have tried that. If they knew these were going to be the results, surely they would have packed the court ahead of time, which was their goal. Let's go right into that, friends, next with Sidney Powell. And uh, she is attorney, former federal prosecutor. And uh, Sydney has been involved in all of the election storm and so many other great stories. Sydney, it's a privilege to have you uh, on Viewpoint this Sunday. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Malcolm. It's always a privilege to be with you. So the Supreme Court ruled that uh, President Biden lacked the authority to forgive millions of student loans. Executive overreach is what they're doing. And what the Supreme Court really is doing here is pushing the executive office back into position and really, if you think about it, Sydney, br bring it back to what um, Speaker Pelosi said at the time. Nancy Pelosi said she's on record saying the president does not have the power to cancel federal student loan debt. That's what she said. 
and the court says wow, she that's was amazing. Right. <laughs> she did say that. Yeah. So yeah, she did that's say that. That's great. She actually got one right. <laughs> she got one right. And uh, she probably regrets having to said that, but she did. So this was to waive $400 billion uh, of these fees. And it was a six to three vote. Uh, what What's the significance of this? What do you make of it? Well, you know, this president has has just done things right and left that are outside his executive authority. It's appalling how far and wide he's gone with his executive orders. Of course, Obama did that too, and the court had to rein him in. So I am delighted the court made that decision the way it did. We simply can't have a president wiping out $400 billion worth of, of assets and given the state the country's in now, how how bankrupt we are already, it's especially important that people be required to pay their student loans. I paid my student loan. It's the first thing I did when I got out of school was work to pay my student loan. Right. Absolutely. And people need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, since this has happened, this ruling, by the way, Sydney, he, the president has come out and he says here in the last day or so that he's going to, and he's getting very snappy, which he always is that way with any reporters. If he does answer anything, it's usually a very rude, uh, snarky comment back. He's always been that way, basically, very disrespectful with the uh, press and, other, and anyone really that doesn't align with his uh, communist way of thinking, more or less. Um, but he says he's going to find another way around us. Remember, this was a campaign promise. You remember this was a total. He, in other words, he used this as bait to get more votes from the younger generation. Think again, it's more candy coming out from the United States government. Here's more candy. Vote for me. Vote for me. Right. The other thing is, don't you think that this though, this bait uh, is for the younger generation? I mean, they are biting at this. Well, let's face it. If you're going to get you know twenty grand or free education. People are going to vote for this. How much does that factor into the to the election, you think? Oh, I think it, fa- it factors in a lot. I mean, like you said, he, he's been trying to buy votes every way he can. He's either importing them across the border or he's hmm. trying to buy them off with student loan benefits. So hopefully people are going to realize they're they're just being had and it's not going to fly. Will they realize that is the question, I guess, you know, that they are being. Yeah, had. well, that. That remains to be seen, but yeah. it certainly uh, is is not going to make him popular with the the folks that have all the student loans. Yeah, well, what they're not going to realize, though, Sydney, is that this is not about even the principle. I mean, there's a principal point here about paying for something you buy and want, and whereas others that paid for it don't get that same privilege. But the real factor that the Supreme Court is ruling on is not whether even somebody deserves it or not, or the fact they're in debt that somebody's trying to help them out. The fact is the president is not a king. He does not have the privilege or the right to wave his magic wand for these kinds of things. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Yes, that is the bottom line. And it's important to get that message through to Mr. Biden and the people who are pulling his strings because all he is is a puppet. Yeah. And and the people who are voting. The, the point is, if you want to push back on the people that are voting to know the truth, that would be the answer right there. Uh, we got to keep pointing out the fact that this has nothing to do with whether you owe it, don't pay it, don't. This person doesn't have the authority. If you go study, of course, they don't they don't uh, they don't educate on civics anymore and uh, our constitution and our schools. But if anybody did figure that out, they would know the president doesn't have these privileges and rights. Congress is the only one that can do that, Sydney. Yes, and and thank God the Supreme Court is returning to the Constitution in its recent decisions. Yeah, that's the key right there. That's the crux of it right there. This other one now, 
this is a huge one, and you know this is big, and this is the affirmative action. Now, now here's the thing. Let me lay the context down on this one and, and help me explain and understand what happened here, Sydney, to, to listeners here. And here it is. Let's, let's hearken back a moment here to Martin Luther King's statement. Now, I just had a, had Elvita on uh, a couple of weeks ago. She's always on here talking to me about this and referencing back to her great uncle who, who was, uh, he said, let's face it, his, his work was, is a piece of American history in significant ways. Yeah. And his, his, yeah. I mean, it's huge. And his statement is, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. How I have never been able to figure out, Sydney, how does affirmative action answer that back when you're allowing people to be judged by their skin color? How does that answer that equation back? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It turns it upside down. It defeats the whole purpose of it. It's reverse discrimination. It totally is. I mean, it totally is. And the, and the Supreme Court said that's not going to fly as well. Now, Ch Chief Justice John Roberts, th these decisions all came down more or less as 6-3 decisions, uh, believe it or not, because, and you know, keep in mind now, another significant point, none of these would have happened if President Trump had not uh, fought for uh, three, three names here, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. You realize that? Right. Yeah. President Trump and, and the Republicans. And we got to give Mitch McConnell some credit there, too, although I, I'm loath to give credit to Mitch McConnell. It is due on the Supreme Court picks. Yeah, but I mean, that, that changed the trajectory of all that, including Roe v. Wade. You realize the court now is coming back to a conservative constitutional court. Really, the significance of this, Sydney, uh, speak about that a moment. This is huge because... Without this, we're going right over the cliff uh, in a really a socialist communist setting if we don't start to pull the reins back on this leftist uh, leftism, progressivism is a disease. And we're going right over that cliff. So this this is significant, these rulings this year from this court, because if this didn't happen, I think we're too far down the road and hard to come back from some of these rulings if this went much further, don't you think? Oh, yes, I agree completely. This has been a huge week for the court returning to the Constitution and leveling the playing field on some of these issues. And, and you know, you know, to be judged by your 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 work ethics and your character, as what uh, MLK would say, is really an American principle. It's, it should never be based on skin color. What skin color has nothing to do with a human being. I mean, it should have it shouldn't play to anything. We, we all have or, opportunity. Or or sex. I mean, I've been practicing law for more decades than I really want to discuss, <laughs> but I never wanted anything because I was a female. If I didn't earn it otherwise, I didn't want it. It actually hampers people, I think, to be put in positions they shouldn't be in just because of color or sex or whatever it is. It should only be because you earned it. First of all, being your success in that legal field was really, and there were far more men dominated in that field than there were uh, powerful women. So you had to deal, you probably, I'm guessing you probably had to deal with a lot of uh, sexism and that sort of thing in, in the business. You probably had to push back on all of that, no? 
oh, all over the place from, you know, being the youngest assistant U.S. attorney in the Western District of Texas when I got out of law school with all the DEA and FBI and ATF agents that I worked with and federal judges and, I mean, you name it. But, uh, you know, it's all in the attitude with which you approach it. And I just made friends with everybody and did my job and blew off the ridiculous remarks and passes and everything else you want to, to talk about. Um, you know, the other big case now, Sydney, and this is another very significant one, but it really is disturbing how the media has uh, laid their uh, talking points out on this. This was the ruling in uh, communist Colorado again, which has gone from um, red to uh, purple to blue, and it's about ready to go to uh, the deep blue or maybe, I don't know, some other color in the spectrum because they're all sky high out there or uh, too much marijuana, potentially. I don't know. Uh, right. Uh, you know, this was the case of this. All right. This woman, her name is Lori Smith. She fought back against she was being forced to create websites for um, for uh, some gay websites that wanted they were forcing her to do gay couples. And she fought back. She said, what's well, against my religious beliefs? I don't want to create these. And. That was where the argument was that went to the Supreme Court. Now, remember back, we had the cake. That was also out of communist Colorado, the cake. Remember the cake? Right. right? Yes. Oh, yes. That was also yeah, that went of, on forever. Yeah, that was Colorado. Same same place. The ruling dealt with a question left open in a similar recent case when the court decided that a Colorado baker did not have to bake a cake for a gay couple's wedding. It's like I said the other day to listeners, it's like going into a business and putting a gun at their head and saying, you will create that website or you will bake that cake for this trans couple or this gay couple or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. It goes in the face of our freedoms. It, it does. And I don't understand why somebody would want to make someone else do something for them. I mean, I don't want to do business with somebody that doesn't want to do business with me. It's like a power trip or something to be able to make somebody do something for you that they don't want to do. There's nothing free about that. It's involuntary servitude or a form of slavery. And I don't I don't want that for anyone. Do you think they do it for just the kick of it because it's in the public eye now, like everything? Copycats, in other words, they want to create a name for themselves or something, maybe attention, publicity? Sure. And and just the the power trip of it all. I mean, there's this notion now that we all have to serve the left. It's absurd. The conservatives are being discriminated against now more than anyone. The rank lawfare that's going on against conservatives and anyone involved in the aftermath of, of challenging the 2020 election is absolutely horrific. I mean, look what they're doing to President Trump. That is all lawfare. That is the abuse of the law to target a single individual that they want to destroy by uh Character assassination, legal assassination, whatever you want to call it, but it is the politics of personal destruction because they hate his guts and they want to make sure he can never do anything again. And it's purity evil. It's a gross abuse of our legal system. The double standards inherent in all of it, everybody can see it. And it's destroying the the justice system that is such an important part of our republic. What do you think's happen what do you think happens there now with you got the case with Bragg, that's the weaker one, but then you've got the we know what the corrupt justice department is doing. It's as corrupt as anything. Uh what they're doing now with these uh, classified documents. What what's your take on that? 
it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I, I hate every bit of it that I'm hearing about. It's a rank abuse of power. It's an abuse of the law. I mean, if there should have ever been a special prosecutor appointed, it should be to investigate the Bidens. And that should have happened, frankly, during the Trump administration. And it didn't. I, we're just in a very bad place in terms of our legal system right now, Malcolm, and the American public has lost faith in it tremendously. I mean, when the courts fail to do anything with respect to all the election challenges, they lost a lot of credibility. And it's only getting worse. I mean, these three decisions that came out this last week are a step in the right direction. But there is so much that went wrong when they refused even to look at any of the evidence of the election fraud. It, there's a lot to fix. There is. You said it perfectly. There, there is a lot to fix. And it is. You're right. The justice uh, system. Uh, the lady justice is not blind, Sidney Powell. She knows exactly what the hell she's doing. Yes. And if you look carefully at the cover of my book, License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice, you will see a tear coming out from under the blindfold. And right now, I think it's a gusher. I just take a moment to think about what you said there with that tear in that book. Yeah, I know you were. And that was ahead of all this. That was before how egregious it even got. It was, she was already starting to tear then. As you say, it's a it's a total blowout now with what's happening. Does 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 Trump get through this? Do, do, what does your gut tell you? Do you have any inclination to help us out there? Does he get through this? I mean, it's a tall order, but or does the justice the Justice Department is bent on taking him down? What happens? They're, yes, they are bent on taking him down. There is, I mean, I think the government has roughly a ninety six percent conviction rate. Uh, when somebody goes to trial, there's uh, people forget the presumption of innocence. They think once you've been indicted, you're uh, you're guilty. You've got to be guilty of something. They have piled on the counts and the indictment. I think they're 35 or so now, and they're going to come up with even more. Jack Smith's office is going to indict on more, and they're just going to absolutely barrage him. It's extremely difficult to defeat that kind of assault. He's probably in a better position to do it than anybody else I can think of because of his public status and people realize that the system has been turned against him to target him and absolutely destroy him. And it only takes one juror to uh, refuse to convict an innocent person and the, the case, uh, he can be uh, acquitted or the jury hung. So, you know, he's got a lot to fight with, but uh, it's a very, very big hurdle and it's just rife with injustice. Well, you point out the odds there, the 96 percent. The question we have to then say, uh, could he be in that 4 percent? Well, uh, it is a benefit that he that this is being done from the district that is being done in South Florida versus one of these other uh, communist cities. Uh, frankly, and a lot of those people down there, by the way, understand that come from a lot of countries, understand, and they actually support President Trump, by the way. Uh, yeah, I've talked to people down there about this, and there's a lot of support for him in that district. So that might go to his benefit, too, you think, right? Yes, that will definitely help. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what Jack Smith's plans are for his indictment. I doubt the situation is going to be as favorable. 
But isn't this also, Sydney, in an interesting way, kind of a race to the White House? Because right now they tried to push that case was booked instead of being booked later out in 2024 and 2025, which would be normal. They got booked in August. And then Jack Smith said, we need to give them time to look at the evidence. We'll do it in December. But then all this stuff with all the appeals and back and forth, we push it out. The, the point is, before the uh, the debates and the primaries and all the conversations, if, if my, my point to you is if Trump gets in there first and gets closer to the White House and gets in there now, all the rules of the game change, don't they? Well, Malcolm, I mean, I, I, I hate to say this, but I don't think there are any circumstances under which they're going to let him back in the White House. Wow. They took him out when he was sitting there as wow. lawful president. I, I still have no doubt that he was elected by the people to serve as president and he's not there. They took him out. So I don't know why anyone thinks he can get back in unless we have paper ballots hand counted and not run through any kind of scanning machine or anything else that reads the barcode that people can't see. I want to talk to you about that in in another next week. I want to discuss that with you, that point. We've got a special program next week, but I want to end right now with this point here. Uh, Your honest opinion on this. Ted Cruz, uh, Senator Cruz, came out and called on the House to investigate impeaching uh, Biden over these Hunter allegations that we we talked about up top of the broadcast uh, before uh, in the earlier segment. Uh, direct evidence, he says, and he's talking about the WhatsApp and the direct messaging and so on and so forth. It's very, very incriminating. The 10% for the big guy to enrich himself and so on and so forth. It's all out in the light of day. I'm asking you straight out, considering the strategy uh, of 2024 election, uh, Sydney, considering Kamala Harris, or is this the right time to impeach Joe Biden, in your opinion, or do we suck it up and let this... Uh, uh, demented individual f- finish the first term. I don't think the people are going to put him back in there, but uh, what happens? Well, I think they should have started with Chris Ray uh, a couple of years ago and then proceed to Biden and Merrick Garland uh, for all of the shenanigans that have gone on in the Justice Department. I mean, just any number of people have absolutely yeah. breached their duties to the people under the Constitution and their oath of office not to mention committed high crimes and misdemeanors. But the Biden family is certainly high on the list. I don't see any point in waiting. The sooner the better, but I don't know why it's taken them this long. Frankly, most of the stuff that's supposedly coming out now was known back in 2020 before the election, and Rudy Giuliani was screaming to everyone who would listen about it. And nobody would do anything, including the Trump Justice Department, which I'm still livid about. I, I seen a report the other day that uh, that uh, they were trying to get Rudy to turn over on Trump. Did you, did you see that as well? I did see that. I mean, they're saying all kinds of things. I don't know. They have any idea what they're talking about. Amen. They certainly don't have any idea what they're talking about about me. So I don't know if they know what they're talking about about Rudy either. There you go. All right. Perfectly said, uh, Sidney Powell. Uh, always uh, great to get your uh, insights in this. 
let me tell, uh, let me explain now, Sydney, to you and to our listeners what's going on next week. It's a, it's a very important time, uh, Independence Day uh, on Tuesday, but the entire week, uh, I'm dubbing it the week of We the People, the full week of programming. And I think this is an important time because we are coming up on our semi-quincentennial, uh, which we will celebrate in three years from now. And in the year of uh, 2026, in fact, will be, uh, two, can you believe 250 years, Sydney? It's crazy, huh? Uh, it is. Doesn't it feel like we just went by 1976, the 200 years, right? The two, the, the bicentennial, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that well. <laughs> yeah, well, we're coming up on 50 years later, I have to tell you. 50 yeah, old. I ain't thinking <laughs> about that, Malcolm. <laughs> Dating ourselves a little bit here, but but beyond that, Cindy, you think? <laughs> uh, we're still looking good, still looking good. So, um, but uh, this is, you know, the significance of the timeline I've been pointing out to folks at me is this. We've got the selection of 2024. The new president will take office in 2025. 2026, 250 years this nation is. We will know something more of whether we're going to stand in a land of freedom for liberty and justice for all, or whether we crumble and it's done. I mean, we really are at a pivotal moment in our nation like no other I've seen in my lifetime. Do you agree with that statement, Sydney? I do. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So, so on Monday, we'll be talking about a possibility of a convention of states. We have constitutional scholars coming on. We've got a whole team of folks here ready to take this on. Also, the election process, paper ballots, ballots harvesting, some interesting comments there from President Trump, as well as uh, Sydney has some thoughts on that as well. Tuesday, the spirit of 1776. We'll be talking a little bit there about 2A and freedom ringing again in our nation. And that'll be on Tuesday. Some interesting friends all week long here. Uh, that's on Independence Day itself. Wednesday, the United States is being ruled from Brussels. What does that look like? Russia as a failed state. Uh, China will have our military generals and expertise on that show. Uh, in fact, Trevor Loudon will be on that day and General Paul Vallelay and some amazing people to give you an idea. Uh, Thursday, the United States and a new world order of advanced technologies. What does that look like? Uh, super weapons, bioweapons, and advanced technologies in a world that is sort of out of control. You can just uh, figure that one out there. That's on Thursday. And Friday, we the people get loud. And that's where we'll bring it all to a climax there and talk about what it takes to bring our country home. All of that is next week on The Voice of a Nation at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on iHeartRadio on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, friends. I look forward to seeing you there. I ask you again, bring five people with you next week, please. Bring five people with you. I need everyone. We need to multiply the audience. If you can bring 10, bring 10. But please commit to bringing five people, okay? All right. If I get everybody to do that, we can blow this thing right through, okay? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> That'll be Independence Day gift back to America. Stay right there, friends. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Out loud. 
couldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com. Seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. Well, we talk about safeguarding the American dream. Well, there's no better person to talk about that than General Paul Valerie. Uh, he's got a full program at StandUpAmericaUS.org. General Paul Valerie served a distinguished career 31 years in the U.S. Army before he retired as Deputy Commanding General, U.S. Army Pacific in Honolulu, Hawaii. General Paul Valley, welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you, Malcolm. Happy to be uh, with you today, this day before the 4th of July, Independence Day, and lots to talk about for sure. Well, listen, I want to start right here with a significant report that happened to come out just before the holiday weekend. Many people thought it was buried in the news. and Biden administration failed to foresee the Afghanistan mayhem, the review finds. A State Department report released Friday faults the agency's crisis management and awareness before and during the fall of Afghanistan. What is your reaction on this report on Afghanistan, sir? Well, the, the report is uh, is accurate for sure, but uh, it does not explain uh, what really had happened, uh, Malcolm. When you withdraw military forces from a war zone, which Afghanistan was, that is a military operation, military strategy and tactics. It's not a State Department function. And when you go back to when I covered Benghazi, Hillary Clinton under Obama took over that operation when they declared they couldn't uh, uh, conduct a, a rescue operation. The same thing today. The State Department should have been worried about the people that were there following that 
but the Defense Department should have been in charge of that withdrawal, and they weren't. Major mistake. Well, this becomes a political hot potato, of course, uh, to try to get uh, the, you know, the report out before the 9-11 anniversary. Isn't that the crux of this, General? Well, that's right. And uh, if you go to my book, Reality Prison, when you look at the reality of the battlefield, you don't don't mix in partisan politics. It's not a political decision. It's a military decision to extract yourself from the war zone. Trump had a good plan. Under Trump, it would have been very successful over a period of time. We would not have given up Bagram Air Base, which was our center of operations uh, over there where we lived, left uh, you know millions, billions of dollars of equipment uh, as a result of the surrender. And of course, uh, now when you look at, you look at Ukraine, uh, we're, we're short of ammunition, we're short of supplies, giving them all to Ukraine. But that tracks back also by giving up all of that equipment, uh, airplanes, computers, guns, uh, and now you have to replenish all that. So we're in a bad situation because of bad decisions made, political decisions being made, rather than military decisions being made. Okay, so with all this equipment, and off the top of my mind, it was some serious money. I think it was about, what, 80-some-odd billion dollars? That's correct. Well, listen, that was all sophisticated, high-tech level equipment. This was all left to the enemy. Uh, I, listen, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime, or probably any lifetime in our country's history, for that matter. The fact is that this was left to an enemy. And further, I've heard reports that much of this equipment had gotten into the hands of China. What do you know about this? Well, I, I'll go back. And I, I think I said on an interview on America Out Loud uh, uh, way back that uh, I knew from my intelligence reports that China would take over Bagram within weeks. The Chinese were in there within three weeks, examining the equipment, inventorying it, taking advantage of any technology that they could acquire. And that was part of their Silk Belt Road initiative. And so now that is a center of operations going from China to Pakistan, into Afghanistan, up into the Middle East, up into Europe. And the Chinese had it all planned out and they knew the mineral resources in Afghanistan. But we have such uh, uh, incompetent people in the government today that uh, if you go back to World War II, the General Patton's Eisenhower, MacArthur, they would have never allowed uh, any kind of operation to go like this. They would have st stood up to the uh, politicians. And, uh, of course, General Milley, he's totally incompetent. Gordon Austin, uh, Secretary of Defense, totally incompetent. Uh, they didn't do their job. To me, this was treason when you aid and abet an enemy, and you do that if you turn over your equipment to them. Now, President Biden was questioned on this, by the way. He was questioned on Friday if the U.S. had made some mistakes before and during the withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan. And he says, and I quote, remember what I said about Afghanistan. I said Al-Qaeda would not be there. I said we'd get help from the Taliban. What's happening now? What's going on? Read your press. I was right, Biden said. How do you follow this up, General? Well, he says he's right about the economy. He's right, right about Ukraine. The guy's never right. Obama even laid it out. 
Joe Biden has never been right about anything or accomplished anything that was positive. His own vice president. So uh, we have to take it. He's mentally incompetent. He's mentally deficient. probably borderline dementia. Uh, he has incompetent people in the State Department and Defense Department. So it's possible. We have the worst possible leadership team, Malcolm, that we've ever had in our history. That's an embarrassment. And our enemies see that. Well, listen, the fact that we know about the Biden laptop and the guilty parties and the big guy had his hands in these foreign deals. You talk about treason and tyranny. Well, here's a candidate right there that would qualify for that statement. You know, knowing all of this now, isn't it pretty clear that this equipment could have been left there for payback for China, for all these millions of dollars that enriched Biden and his family? I'm just asking, is that a possibility here, General? Well, I wrote an article on this several months ago called The Manchurian President. Uh, We know uh, Biden crime family, uh, as well as the Clinton crime family, uh, they were beholden and received uh, millions of dollars uh, through the uh, through the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, so uh, totally corrupted, uh, as many members of uh, our Congress are. Uh, the Chinese have uh, been able to integrate uh, into uh, Wall Street, into our businesses, into political campaigns. The Chinese are very smart, and they know they will be the dominant power as the United States dismantles itself, and uh, they see the weakness. So when you put that all together and you look at this global chessboard, Malcolm, we are in a serious situation, and we've got to do something about it sooner rather than later. Well, wow, that's a quotable quote, as the U.S. dismantles itself. That's a quote from General Paul Valerie. Writing that down right now. While I have you here, General, I'd like to ask you about this recent uprising in Russia. Uh, we're talking about Vladimir Putin here and the Wagner paramilitary in Prigozhin. Now, there are a few schools of thoughts on this story. There are those that think that Putin was partnering with Prigozhin to throw off the West and that uh, Prigozhin was uh, sent to Belarus, uh, that this was all just a stage, in other words. Others say no. Uh, and what about Russia as a failed state? Well, I'll answer that first, and then we can talk about Prasogin. Russia will not be a failed state. Uh, They're very strong. Uh, Putin is solidly uh, in charge. Uh, There's no illness affecting them. The uh, Western media is totally out of sync. Uh, I get more information from my sources in Europe, uh, even out of Moscow. Uh, So uh, don't believe anything you, you read in the Western media. It's all propaganda. Russia's doing very well. Uh, they're increasing the Christianity in that country. They've got solid support uh, due to this new chessboard of alliances uh, with the likes of China and India and even Egypt and other countries now uh, forming a, a, what I call the Eastern Alliance, which will even fortify uh, uh, Russia. But to go back to Prashogun, uh, this was really a uh, uh, sort of a feud, a theater uh, for about 24 hours. But uh, Prashogun and uh, Shoigu, the Minister of Defense, were at odds with each other uh, because the Wagner Group wasn't getting a lot of the supplies that they needed that they were promised by the Ministry of Defense. And so it became a... uh, 
uh, power struggle. Uh, Pershogin uh, was not going to march to Moscow. He knew that would have been in vain. The Russian Air Force would have uh, uh, destroyed him uh, in that last 120 miles. Uh, uh, so from the standpoint, he went to Belarus. Uh, Putin supposedly uh, is pardoning him, pardoning, pardoning him. <laughs> so nothing's going to happen. And as I understand, m many of the Wagner group, a good percentage uh, have already come under the command of the Russians uh, in the eastern four, four uh, provinces of Ukraine. Well, media reports have uh, Prigozhin just mere miles from Moscow. What, was that the case or not? Well, they, they they probably were, yeah, 120 miles. They could have done something, but uh, they're, the Wagner Group, they're no dummies. Um, they could see what jeopardy they would be in if they tried to march to Moscow, even though uh, they say only the National Guard of the Russian Army was there. Keep in mind, uh, you've got a very strong rocket force, uh, artillery, as well as air power that would completely have destroyed the Wagner Group. So they would have had no chances of success even if they wanted to conduct a coup or a mutiny. General Paul Vallet, thank you, General, for joining us here on Viewpoint this Sunday. Thank you, Malcolm. Always a pleasure. Happy Fourth of July. Okay, so all next week is the week of We the People here. And it'll be 8 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice of a Nation. Join us there every day. And, and as, as I said earlier, bring five people with you at least. And if you can, bring 10. But if everybody brings five, we'll be able to multiply this thing upwards. So on Monday, we'll talk about the pros and cons of the Convention of States. We'll talk about nullification, election integrity, uh, paper ballots, ballots harvest, and all of that. Tuesday, the spirit of 1776. Well, that is Independence Day itself. And we'll be talking about 2A that day in all of the aspects that go into 1776. Wednesday, the United States being rolled from Brussels. What does that look like? And then Russia in China. Uh, what's uh, China's strategy in supporting Putin? And again, what about Russia as a failed state? What does that mean for China and the U.S.? Uh, and on Thursday, the United States in a new world order of advanced technologies We'll dive into some very interesting things there, including bioweapons uh, and advanced arms. Uh, and then on Friday, we, the people, get loud. We'll bring it all together here and draw out a path moving forward. It's going to be a very interesting week uh, as we begin to prepare for what's ahead. As I said earlier, this is a, a big moment for our country's uh, history here. Uh, remember now, we have the general election in 24, uh, 25, that new president takes office. And in 2026, the uh, uh, amazing moment here, the semi-quincentennial, uh, our nation's birthday, 250 years, uh, amazing. Friends, that's a wrap here. Thank you for joining us on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.